0: Well, hello. It is great to be together. It's great to be kicking off Advent and thinking about Christmas. The campus is decorated and uh, I feel like I still have turkey in my belly, but it's Christmas time. So we're moving right along. Well, my name's Paul. I'm one of the pastors here. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, I'd love to do that. So come up and say hi. Uh, but I hope you are uh, enjoying being together with us this morning. And those of you online and out on the patio as well. Welcome to everybody. Well, I want to start us off by thinking about a few names of some famous people. So um, Ed McMahon, Joe Buck, Howard Cassell, Al Michaels, Bob Uecker. What do these names have in common? Yeah, sportscasters, announcers. These are people who are announcers. They announce something now. Apologies to the to the youth in the room. I realize these are all like over hundred years old people. So um, you can come up to me afterwards and tell me who some kind of youth equivalent announcers are. I, I couldn't think of any. I didn't think to ask my kids. But 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 these are people whose job, think about it, is to talk about something else. They themselves don't really matter. I mean, if you're sportscasting a game or if you're announcing somebody else you're not the thing, you're talking about the thing. So think about Ed McMahon. This is kind of the older one. He, he used to be uh, the announcer for The Tonight Show. He would introduce Johnny Carson. So what was his famous line? Here's Johnny. Here's Johnny, right? So his whole thing was not to be the thing, but to talk about the one who was. We're kicking off this season of Advent, and Advent is a time of looking forward to Christmas, looking forward to this Christmas message. So we've entitled this series, Good News, Great Joy. And our hope here is to be thinking about not just the story of Christmas, but the announcement of Christmas. See, we've heard your feedback that our worship services don't have enough announcements in them. So we're just going to do four weeks of announcements. I mean, that's all we're going to be talking about is announcements. But because it's Christmas, the particular announcement we're thinking about is the story, the news, the message of Christmas. And as we do this, we're going to be thinking about how that announcement was received By different people. So we'll talk about Mary, we'll talk about Joseph, we'll talk about the shepherds, the magi, different kinds of people, how they heard that news. This morning, though, is a little bit different because the Christmas story actually begins not with the announcement of the birth of Jesus, but the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist, who himself was an announcer of Jesus. And so this morning, we're kicking off our series by thinking about announcing the announcer. We'll see an angel, Gabriel, show up. And he will bring a message to an old man that he is to become the father of a baby boy. That baby boy is not Jesus. He is not the one. He is not the main thing. In fact, that baby boy will grow up to be John the Baptist who will go to great lengths to make it clear to everybody that he is not the Messiah. But he has come to prepare the way for the Messiah. He has come to announce Jesus. Now, as we do this, what I want to invite us to do is to put ourselves in the place of that man who receives the announcement about the announcer, to think of ourselves as Zechariah. And as we do that, we're going to think about two different aspects of that. First of all, how do we receive this announcement? We're going to try and get in Zechariah's head a little bit and understand how he would have felt hearing this news. But then we also want to think about what he is meant to do with that news. He has received an announcement. What then? What is his role in being himself an announcer? Because what we're going to find out is that God has given each of us a calling to play a role in the announcement of this Christmas message. We are to be ourselves announcers. To do that, first, we're going to start off by getting to know Zechariah a little bit. We'll we'll hear his story, and then we'll look at the the content of the announcement that he receives. And then we'll think about how he responds to that announcement. And through all of that, hopefully, we can learn something about what we're supposed to do as we receive the announcement and how we process from there. So let's kick it off in Luke chapter 1. We're going to read verses 5 to 7 to get to know Zechariah. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Now the beginning of this introduction to Zechariah reads like a LinkedIn profile. He was a priest of the order of Abijah. Now this would have been a, a very respected role in their community. He was an important person. But not only was he a priest, he was married to the daughter of a priest. That's amazing. So there's another gold star on his resume. This is a significant couple. And not only was he a priest and he was married to the daughter of a priest, but they were both righteous before the Lord. They were well-respected in the community. These were important, honorable people. And they walked blamelessly. I mean, it goes on and on. We get this picture of this perfect couple until the next line. But they had no child. And in that culture, to not have children meant that something must have been wrong with you that God had chosen somehow to withhold his blessing. That's what people would have assumed, that there was something broken about you. And so while we start off hearing about how amazing this couple is, we quickly get to this part of their lives that is painful and broken, even shameful, and so the story of the announcement of Christmas begins with God shining a spotlight on the most difficult part of the lives of this couple. And got to wonder, why would he do this? I mean, at first it seems cruel to just draw attention to this shameful part of their lives. I think some of us can relate to Zechariah and Elizabeth. I think some of us feel like on the outside or if you begin looking at our LinkedIn profile that everything looks right, that we have an education, we have the job, we have a family, we have whatever it takes, that people look at us and they think everything's going great and it's just this sense that life works, but we know that there's something about us that doesn't feel right That there's some place of pain or brokenness or difficulty. And we don't know what to do with that part. We don't know what to do with that place in our hearts. Do you feel that way at all? The question I have for you this morning is to start off by trying to put ourselves in the place of Zechariah and asking, where are you bruised? Where is that place in your heart that is tender or raw? I was talking to somebody, this is years ago. My, my kids were in elementary school and we were chatting. I was chatting with another parent on the playground or something. And we were just talking about our kids. And I, I asked, oh, this is your, this is your child. Do you, do you have any other kids? It seemed like an innocent question. But immediately the, the tone of the conversation shifted. And they talked about how they acted couldn't have any more kids, and they'd had several miscarriages, and it was like I just touched this raw place in their life inadvertently. I want to give you a moment, just if you want to close your eyes, you can just just think. I'm not going to ask you to share this with anybody. I just want to invite you to think about a place in your life. Think about something that just feels difficult, Or broken, that if somebody pressed there, it would just hurt. It's tender. And hold that. Hold that place in mind. See, what we find in the scriptures is this really unique thing that God seems drawn to that place in people's lives. There's story after story, in fact, in the scriptures of, that begin with a childless couple. That's the setting that God does something incredible. And it's as if God doesn't care about our accomplishments or our achievements or our abilities. He's not impressed by those things. What he zeroes in on is that tender place in our heart of pain or bruising. And at first, we might think, God, why are, you, why are you doing that? Why are you shining the spotlight on that part of myself that I try to hide, that I try to ignore? And yet, as we walk with him, we realize that he does that because he has purposes, that he ultimately wants to heal that painful place within us. That's what we're going to see with the story of Zechariah. Let's see the particular announcement that Zechariah receives and how God uses that to touch his place of bruising. The story continues explaining that that Zechariah found himself in a very special place. See, as a priest, you would be chosen by lot once in your lifetime to perform the most sacred duty of all, which was to go into the Holy of Holies. As the story continues, we see that Zechariah was on that day. This was the pinnacle of his career, the highest professional moment. And he goes into the Holy of Holies, and in that place, in that moment, an angel appears and announces something to him. Listen to verses 13-13 to 17. The angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink So Zechariah receives this announcement from the angel Gabriel. We find out later that this is Gabriel. And what I want to point out for us is how the announcement itself has three different subjects. We can tell really clearly by the way that the pronouns change over the course of the announcement. So we're going to look at each of those three different subjects of this announcement. The first one is Zechariah himself. We are told that your prayer has been heard. Presumably, Zechariah has been praying a long time that he might become a father. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son. You will call his name John. You will have joy and gladness. Now, this is amazing to me. Remember, Zechariah is an old man. He's lived childless for a long time. It's a place of tenderness, of shame in his life. And there's this message that is, God has finally decided to act in the course of history to bring the Messiah who will come to earth to redeem the creation and restore God's plan for all of the world. It's a message of cosmic significance. But for Zechariah and Elizabeth, It means that they will hold a baby boy in their arms. It's a personal gift to them. He's going to be a daddy. And so in the midst of God doing his work in the world, he reaches into that place of difficulty for Zechariah and he begins a process of healing. This is how our God works in each of us. God is doing so much in the world. He has so many purposes. But for each one of us as individuals, he touches that place of difficulty and he wants to heal us. The announcement of Christmas is for us as individuals. It's about what God is doing in our lives and in our hearts Think again about that tender place that I asked you to consider. The announcement is for you. It's for you there in that place. Consider how the birth of Jesus might address that place in your life. Maybe you're injured or you have Physical chronic pain and the fact that God would come to earth in physical form changes your perspective. Maybe you've lost a child or friend or a loved one. And the fact that God would allow his son to be born knowing he would die gives you a new perspective. Maybe you're just frustrated at the brokenness of the world, at injustice and oppression and division and all the difficult things, and and to know that God will act decisively in history to change things. Maybe that gives you the hope that you need. This announcement is for you. How is God bringing you healing through the story of Christmas? And so the announcement starts by talking about Zechariah and Elizabeth, but then it shifts to this baby boy who's going to be born. And we're told a little bit about him. We are told that he will be great, that he must not drink, that he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. The subject of announcement changes to be this baby boy who is John the Baptist. And yet we know that John the Baptist eventually will himself point to Jesus the Christ. And so it kind of goes without saying, but the announcement is about Jesus. Jesus is the one, the announcement, the pinnacle of creation, the pivot of history. This is what the announcement is about. As Alice pointed out, the season of Advent is about waiting for Christmas It's about looking back to the first coming of Jesus, but ultimately it's about looking forward to when Jesus will come again. We we orient ourselves towards December 25th as a way of waiting for a certain day that we know, because we are also waiting for a day that we do not know, and we're learning to wait well. If you want a book to read during this Advent series, try Revelation. Maybe not your standard Christmas book, but it's a story that tells of that moment when Jesus returns. If you want something to be praying, try, Come, Lord Jesus. It's the phrase that ends our Bible. It's straight out of the Lord's Prayer. May your kingdom come. We're asking for Jesus to return. Find some way during this season to think not just about December 25th, but about Jesus returning to earth. And so this announcement is for Zechariah. It's about Jesus, but then it shifts again to talk about the impact that John the Baptist will have on the world. We hear that he will turn the children of Israel to the Lord, that he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, that he will make ready for the Lord, a people prepared, the goal of this news is that the world would be prepared to receive Jesus. The point of this is for global transformation, for the reception, to be prepared to receive the person of Jesus. And So the announcement is for Zechariah, the announcement is about Jesus, but the announcement is also for the world. The announcement is for everyone. And this is so important for us to remember during the Christmas season. See, I have this theory that the gospel, the the Christmas message, the news about Jesus, in every culture, there's something about the culture that it, it scrapes up against and just seems not quite right. There's some hindrance culturally to knowing and thinking, believing well about Jesus. In our culture, it's a really curious one. The idea that Jesus is for everyone, that Jesus is for the world, that idea is, it's not okay in our culture. The funny thing is that message, it's really ironic, the message of inclusion, that Jesus died to save anyone who would believe in him, that feels exclusive in our culture. Feels like, well, why do you have to be Christian? Why can't I be something else and be included? It feels like that's the only way, when in fact, it's a message of openness and welcoming. And I think this is how the enemy works. The enemy manages to take a message that is meant to be open arms. Jesus is for anyone who would believe in him. Jesus is for the world. And yet in our culture, that is restrictive and exclusive and inappropriate, and so it becomes this obstacle. But the announcement is for the world, that change would be made possible, that the problems of this planet would be resolved in Christ. And so we become then the announcers of this message, an announcement that is, first of all, for us. It is something that, that works its way into our lives to heal us. It is about the person of Jesus. That's the heart of what we believe, is who Christ is. And his message is for everyone, for the world. This is what Zechariah, the, the priest of the order of Abijah, this is what he received. As we wrap up, we're going to look at how he responded to that announcement. We find out in verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. Now, I don't want to give Zechariah a hard time because I'm not sure how I would respond to the situation, but he just received an angel from God, giving him a message. And his first response is, well, well, well how am I going to know? I mean, it, isn't that enough? <laughs> I mean, the angel came to tell him, like, that is how he's going to know. His first response is to respond with skepticism and doubt. See, Zechariah can only see the way things normally happen. He says, I am old. My wife is old. Babies aren't born to old people. The way the world normally works, this message doesn't make sense. And he can't can't grasp onto it. Because of that, the angel says, there's going to be some consequences of his disbelief. Listen to verses 19 and 20. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Gabriel agrees with me. Basically saying, I should be enough, all right? Verse 20. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their time. And so, Zechariah is not going to be able to speak until the events predicted take place. And this is not so much a punishment upon Zechariah as it is a natural consequence of his skepticism. See, what's going on here is that there is this chain of announcements Gabriel is an announcer announcing the birth of John the Baptist who is an announcer announcing Jesus the Christ who is going to announce the kingdom of God and then commission his followers to announce to announce to announce and eventually gets to us and we follow in that chain. We are given the calling ourselves as announcers, but If Zechariah doesn't believe the message that he's been given, how can he announce it? You can't announce something that you don't believe in. And so his speech is taken away because he's lost the ability to play his role in that chain of announcements. Until the event occurs, And then the chain continues. See, Zechariah's skepticism broke his part of the chain. And so for us as readers, this becomes a warning to us. It becomes a warning to believe the message that God has given to us so that we can speak of it and play the role God's given us. The encouragement for us is to believe and speak. All Zechariah can see is the normal way of the world. The angel comes and tells him God is going to do things differently. He's going to intervene in ways that don't make sense. It's up to Zechariah to receive that, to believe that for himself so that he can play the part that God has given him in the chain of announcements. I was with a group of friends uh, a few weeks ago and we were telling our stories and uh, one of them was telling how he came to faith. And he said that he um, was in high school, wasn't a believer, and he would kind of achieved like all that you want to achieve in high school. You know, he was a star athlete. He received all the accolades. He'd gotten all the awards. He was a good student. He was popular. Like everything in high school was going great. It was just perfect but he felt empty, felt like something was missing. And he didn't read the Bible. Nobody told him about Jesus, but he just had this strong sense one day. He said he actually broke down in tears and he knew that God was real, that God wanted him to know him. And so he started asking people and found Christians and discovered the message of the gospel one of the friends in the group as he was telling the story thought to ask him hey did you by chance find out later that someone had been praying for you and he said actually I did i found out that there was a girl in young life who had been praying specifically for god to make himself known to me and that's exactly what god did see that's not the normal course of events and yet when we believe that our God is capable of doing things bigger and different than how the world normally operates, the gospel goes forth. This is how our God works. For some reason, he's chosen to use us as members in that chain, whether it's praying for people, whether it's inviting them, whether it's talking to them or serving them. I don't know why. I mean, Gabriel is a pretty good messenger. Why doesn't he just send Gabriel to announce Jesus? Why involve us? Why involve Zechariah? Why involve John the Baptist? Why involve all these people when God could do it himself better? I mean, look at us, like we're not all that. (laughs) And yet God's given us this calling to announce the message of Jesus. Let's think one more time about the famous announcers that we started thinking about. There's basically two requirements to being an announcer. You need a voice and you need something to say. You need to be able to speak and you need content to say. You need a voice and you need a message. Those are the two things you need as an announcer. And brothers and sisters, we have both. Each of you has a voice, a unique voice, because you know unique people, you have unique backgrounds, you have particular experiences, you have particular sets of people that you know. We each have a particular voice, and we have been given this message of the birth of Jesus who has come to save the world. And somehow this calling that we've been given as announcers isn't just to get the job done. God could do that a whole lot better by himself. Somehow this calling we've been given is also to begin a process of healing for us, to restore our hearts and to connect us with God through Christ himself. So this season we wanted to Find a way that we could be announcers in our community. So we thought of, how can we help each other as a church to do this? So we came up with this idea of uh, these Christmas boxes. So you probably saw them on the table out as here as you walked in, but these are little boxes that we had printed up. And the hope is that you would take one or two or three, a couple of these, um, and fill them with something, and then you could give these to people you know, your neighbors, coworkers, friends, whatever. And inside the box is also a little invitation card for our Christmas Eve service. So the hope then is that this box could be a way for you to bless somebody with a gift or chocolates or cookies or something, but but also to invite them to join us in our celebration, to hear this announcement of Jesus, to bless and invite. A bunch of the boxes are assembled out there. If you're a mechanical engineer, you can take one of the ones that's not. Um, And if you don't know how to assemble this, Minyao, one of our worship singers, has offered to uh, help you. She'll give you a graduate degree in assembly. So grab a couple. Uh, We'll have these out all of the Advent season. um, And the hope is that people then we could bless and invite them to join us on Christmas Eve here at PBC. Well, we're going to continue worshiping in song now. And... We're going to do so by, by singing a song that is itself uh, an announcement. We're going to sing Angels We Have Heard on High. And as we do that, I want you to, to think about this idea that the angels are announcers. That they are announcing this message of Christmas to us. And as we've put ourselves in the place of Zechariah, to think about those two things that I started asking you about. How do you receive that announcement, the message of hope from the angels? And then what do you do with it? How do you become an announcer with the message that you've heard? Let's pray. Oh, Father, thanks for this season of Christmas, uh, for the decorations, for just the energy, uh, for the peppermint hot chocolates, and uh, thanks that you've given us this season, that you've set it aside for us to think about your first coming, to think about Jesus coming as, as a baby, but also to look forward and anticipate his return. May you be guiding us this season as we seek to bless others and invite them to join us. Put people in our minds, give us ideas, give us opportunities, help us to be creative. And Father, give us your strength and wisdom, courage to be announcers of the story of Christmas. We pray this in the name of Jesus.